Hey guys, before this episode begins, I just want to let you all know that I partnered with DAT Bootcamp to offer a 10% discount code on all bootcamp products. While studying for my DAT, I found DAT Bootcamp to be the best resource during my preparation. Their extensive review videos and practice exams are second to none. Use code DOD10 at checkout for a 10% discount, applicable to all programs Bootcamp has to offer. Again, that's DOD10 at checkout. Welcome back to another episode of the Dose of Dental Podcast. This podcast focuses on sharing the undergraduate and dental school experiences of dental students and dental professionals through valuable discussions. Through sharing the journeys and stories of current dental students and dental professionals, our goal is to help you find answers or guidance for your own pre-dental journeys. We have a very special episode today where we held a Nova Southeastern University College of Dental Medicine Q&A session in collaboration with Students of Dentistry. Joining us are five dental students, D2 Golzar Palvani, D3's Johnny Russo, Salma Atasi, and Riley Barnett, as well as D4, Mary Wick. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to leave a rating and follow the Dose Dental Podcast and Students of Dentistry on Instagram. All right. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the pre-dental applications Q&A. This is going to be very geared toward all the pre-dental students that are in the chat. So feel free to unmute yourself and ask questions or drop them in the chat and we will ask them for you. So we have Nova Southeastern other uh, as you board here. And if you guys just want to go around and introduce yourself and maybe say what year you are, and then we can get started. Hey, everybody. My name is Mary Wick. I'm a D4 at Nova. And I'm Johnny Russo. Um, I'm a D3 at Nova, and I'm our as the president. I'm Salma. I'm a D3 at Nova, and I'm the vice president. Hi, I'm Golzar. I'm a D2, and I'm the president-elect for ASDA. All right. Awesome. So if anyone uh, has any questions, like I said, feel free to drop them in the, uh, the chat. Um, and just to get us started, uh, maybe if you guys want to talk about when you guys submitted your applications um, and just the timeline for the whole process. So when I applied, I did like the soft opening. I think I opened up in May or something. I started asking for my letters of recommendation. I put all like my volunteer stuff. The key thing when you're applying is I think you probably heard it a lot. Is always apply early. That's apply early. That's very cheap. Wow, that sounded weird. Okay. Um, but basically, yeah, apply early, and then because I wanted to make sure everything was ready to go, the one that official thing opened, all I had to do was press submit and input my credit card information. And that's basically what I did. Um, no, I don't. I only applied really. I applied twice. The second time, I didn't really need to apply because I had gotten accepted, but it wasn't my school of choice. But as soon as I submitted the applications, I got, oh, hey, we have an open spot for you. So just because you don't get accepted right away, don't don't get discouraged. They accept students all the way up to when they start school, basically. That was my experience. Maybe Salma or someone else can have a better input. Yeah, so for me, I started my application whenever it opened. I want to say it was June 15th or May 15th or something, but I didn't take my DAT until August 23rd. So I don't think that my application was complete until like mid-September, which I would not recommend, um, but it, it worked out for me. 
So I wanted to apply in June, but because I wanted to apply in June because I was going to take my DAT in May, but that was the COVID summer. So they canceled my DAT and they pushed it back to June. And so I ended up taking my DAT in June and I applied in July, like late July. I think I had my application complete, if I remember correctly. And I took my DAT the end of August. And I remember I, because I had my application ready to go, I was able to just put in my DAT score and submit my application. And I, I highly recommend having your application done. Like I know sometimes we take longer to take our test. So I remember it takes a while for it to get verified and for your transcripts to get approved and everything. So it's good to do all the that type of back-end work so, and then push your application forward to get approved and everything and that way as soon as you get your DAT score you can send it and then that means your application will be at the top of the pile um, to get reviewed by the different schools or tools I don't even look chat yeah chat I see what do you think is the most important aspect of the application good question um definitely having your application done like because a lot of times I knew I know like um when admissions are looking at applications they won't even, sometimes they'll look at it, sometimes they won't, but unless you have a DAT score present, they won't, they'll just be like, okay, we'll keep it to the side. Like they'll say, okay, your GPA is good, your volunteer hours are good, but you have no DAT score, so let me put this to the side. Um, I would just always try to have everything done when you submit it, but uh, like a lot of our students, they didn't get their DAT score or they have it. As soon as you get that DAT score, submit it right away, even if it's an unofficial one. Like um, I think, Johnny, you said you took yours in August. Or something. Yeah, like end of August. Yeah. So, but you got, as soon as you got your unofficial score, you send it straight to admissions people, or like you try to update it or something. That's the most important thing is that because I know a lot of schools they if you have anything below a, I think a twenty, they won't they they don't like they, they like things above twenty or above. I know NSU they don't like seeing stuff that's like ninety or lower. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but um. When I, when I've heard students say, oh yeah, I got like a 22 or 20 PS or AA, they got interviewed right away. That's, and you gotta want to get to the tw 20s plus and then submit your unofficial score right away. Now saying like, okay, I submitted my application, but I don't have my data score yet. So as long as you- It's reporting our progress. As long as you're a consideration with, sorry. Communication with them and maybe you'll say, hey, I'm taking my dad, my dad this time. I'll, I'll give you my unofficial score right away. Communication is very key in this. I agree um, with Tori I, that it is important to communicate. You want to let make sure you let the schools know that you're applying to. Um, like the same day that you get your DAT score, if you're happy with it and it's the one that you're going to be using to reach out to them and let them know, hey, this is the DAT score I got. I'm very interested in your program. It's really important to just show face, I guess, virtually. And I think the question was, you know, asking what's the most important part of your application. Aside from your scores, your DAT score and your GPA that are going to be carrying the bulk of your application, the only thing that's allowing schools to get to know you on a more personal level um, without meeting you is your personal statement. So you want that to be like the most authentic version of yourself and really speaking true to who you are and making it as unique as possible because there's so many that are reading. So what makes you stand out from somebody else? Yeah, I, I think I agree. Um, I don't think that the DAT is 
the most important thing. My DAT score was probably lower than average for my class, to be honest with you. So I think it really is holistic the way that they look at you. Um, I think that the thing that's the most important at Nova, especially is they want to know that you really want to go there and they want a good reason as to why. Um, I think that at Nova, we really do have kind of a community and admissions tries to focus on selecting people who they know are going to be happy there and are going to fit in. Um, as far as your application in general for any school, I would say picking things that interest you, it doesn't really matter what it is. Um, and you know, sticking with it for a significant amount of time or working your way up leadership wise is more important than getting a single test score or um, being involved in like whatever it is, research or something specific. I don't think there's one answer. I think it's the kind of person that you are, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of uh, piggyback off of Johnny real quick um, about showing interest for Nova. Um, see, I was I applied to Nova and I got waitlisted, and um, so I was trying to. I really wanted to go to Nova, so I was trying to figure out, do some research on how, like, I can um, up my chances on getting off the waitlist to get into Nova. And a lot of people said to reach out to uh, Dr. Galka which is the, uh, I believe the day, the Dean of admissions. So I just scheduled a meeting with her and just had a, a nice talk with her and just kind of like showed my interest in, in that way. And, uh, she just said, send in a letter of intent. And then I sent my letter of intent. I think it was like a week. Uh, I was hearing back from Dr. Yalka saying I was taken off the wait list and, uh, and was handed the spot. So yeah, just just reach out to the school. If you're in that uh, position as I was uh, being put on the wait list here at Nova, just reach out to them. They're, they're really nice and uh, wanting to meet you and getting to talk to you. So yeah, just, just reach out and show your interest. There's a couple questions in the chat. Um, there's one question that I saw, are you familiar with the general sciences masters? I actually talked to Calvin about this. I don't know if you guys know who Calvin is, but he kind of handles, academic or the interview process and application process from what i remember from my conversation it's a one-year program if i'm not mistaken it's the certificate program um it's a one-year program that nova offers and you basically take very similar classes to the d ones at the same time as the d ones at the time and i believe if you if you get uh 3.6 or above that guarantees you a spot in the following year d1 class and then if you get a three five or something like that it's on the website i don't remember what it was exactly but if you get a three five then that guarantees you an interview for the following year um so yeah that's what that program is if you have more questions you can ask in the chat but uh somebody else asked another question about personal statement i don't know if anybody wants to start answering that i mean i could speak on it a little bit more in terms of personal statement, I know, uh, I believe the question was asking if we would talk about community service or shadowing experiences. I think obviously those are vital components of, you know, making you a well-rounded applicant. And there's other portions in the application where you will be talking about community service and types of shadowing you've done and any other volunteer or general related activities. 
But um, I think it's really important to use a personal statement to maybe highlight a few, just a few main words that really shape who you are, but also try to make things meet as possible to more. So like, even if it's not necessarily dental related, like you could talk about what route it, you took to be fall in love with dentistry or why you want to become a dentist and kind of veer away from the generic responses. Like I want to help people and I like teens or smiles and things like that because a lot of people are going to be talking about those components. So yeah, I, I think it's really important to make it as unique and as personal as to you. I didn't really have anything super major to talk about in my personal statement. So I just talked about shadowing experiences, some mission trips that I went on. And then towards the end of my personal statement, I started talking about how I like playing video games and how I played lacrosse in high school and in college. And I was able to relate those things that I mentioned and also like playing piano and things like that. I talked about manual dexterity and I kind of tried to relate all these things I was interested in that were not dental related to dental things. So like with lacrosse, I was talking about how you need to be a really good team player and also a really good leader. And I related that to being work like to working in an office. Um, so definitely don't you don't have to just talk about dental. You can explore other things, but always try to relate it back to dentistry and find those little things that relate to dental to dentistry. Your personal statement, it, it's basically you're trying to tell the inner, like, mission people, hey, this is who I am. This is basically why I want to be a dentist. This is like, this is what brought me here. Um, they know what you are on paper as far as academics, community service. Um, like when someone was saying, like, you don't have to, it's great that it had dental in there, but if you have, if like your hand skills, like what makes you feel like this is the field that you are meant to be in. Because anyone would say, oh yeah, I want to be a dentist because I'm, I love Dick's teeth. Anyone can say that. Make your, say something that makes you stand out. Because at the end of the day, the only person that knows you is you. And you want to make sure that admission people see you for who you are. And then when they invite you to interview, you can expand about what you meant in your personal statement. One of the questions in the chat was talking about if you're a foreigner. Question, are you saying like you're a foreign dentist or like you're just a student that's coming into the country like are you because if you're a foreign dentist there's certain things you have to go through to get your license in america so um like at, at nova they have an international dentist program where like you start as a d2 i think right and then but that's in the Clearwater campus and then you do three years and then you have your dentist license in america but if um that's for if you're like a, a dentist in somewhere else and i think you still have to take the same exams and stuff like that the average stat score at Nova, I believe it's like it, it, they will only look at your application really if it's like a 20 or above, right? I think that's what that was the average. Like anything below a 20, they, it's not really, they don't, they'll look at you, but they won't. Nine out of 10 times, a 20 or above is what they really want. Yeah, I think someone's asking if it's like academic average or total science. It's just your both your academic average and your total science should be a 20 or higher. There are certain categories that aren't as important, like reading comprehension and math. Like you want them to be high, but they don't necessarily need to be, you know, a 20 or 21 or something like that. But if I have a couple of bad grades, however, I have an overall good GPA. Okay. So 
if you have a good GPA, solid. If you have a good DAT score, solid. If you have a lot of experience with a dental assistant, patient coordinator, even better. It shows that you're not just someone that's good academically. You're going out there and you're putting yourself in the field to make sure you, this is what you want to do. Like from my background is I was a dental assistant before dental school. I'm a current outreach coordinator for a mobile dental bus. I was not just someone that was studying it. I, I, I need to be involved in it. Um, I didn't have my undergrad GPA wasn't the greatest, but I made up of a master's program. I did a master's of public health. Um, a lot of other students do masters of biomedical sciences. If you have a low GPA, that's okay. You still have an opportunity to get accepted down the road. Like you just have to like think about, okay, I, I have to accept that I have a low GPA. Let me go to a master's program. Let me get a good dad score. Let me show them my background in public health or like something I'm doing outside of school. Like I'm an assistant here. I do stuff on the side, I do a lot of community service. Like you can make up for a bad GPA by being involved in other programs, other things, showing that you're active in your community, showing you're active in a dental office. Like just don't think, oh, I have a horrible GPA. I'm one and done. Don't, it, you can still make up for it. I think in terms of the grades, um, I personally did a master's in biomedical science or applying dental school. So my take on your GPA and the grades that are being bad is it depends on what classes you're not doing well in. Like, you, I mean, it's okay if you're like, you know, it's great if you have an overall good and strong GPA, but what courses you didn't necessarily perform as well in, I think they kind of take that into account at least that was my take from applying to once and then not getting in and then applying again with my masters i think someone um, just good no yeah sorry there's like a lot of questions in chat um i wanted to answer like one of the easier ones does everyone live off campus um there's no on-campus grad housing at nova so everybody lives off campus for the most part um there's people that live in apartments right outside of nowhere there's people live that live in miami and they commute um just depends on the person but for the most part well everybody does live off campus yeah personally i live right across the street from the school so i watch school every day which is awesome what makes nova unique okay that's a very cool question um so i'll start off one thing it's in sunny south florida we don't have snow I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. I have never seen snow in my life. I hope never to go to see snow. So if you are born, born and raised in Miami or Florida and you scared snow, Nova's your place. Um, what I like about Nova is you have your mental health relief in a sense. Like at the beach down the street, it's my hometown. So I always look at like when I was applying, I like, I was thinking about like, okay, do I really want to be far away from family? Do I want to be far away from an area that I grew up in? Do I want to go up to North and freeze my butt off? Like, these are all things I had to think about when I was applying. Um, if you're fortunate enough to get accepted to multiple schools, think about like, okay, do, do I want to spend that much money traveling back and forth cross country to see my family? Like it's, it's a commitment. You have to think about that stuff. So if you are born in Florida and you want to stay in Florida, if you want to practice in Florida, there's three great schools that you can apply to. Um, what makes Nova unique also is that all the specialties are in-house. 
So if my patient needs an endo, all I got to do is go upstairs and say, hey, can you come and do a consult for this one patient? And then if a patient needs a wisdom tube extraction and the wisdom tube, I go down the street, go down the hall, there's oral surgery. It's nice having everything in half. Another thing that makes Nova really unique is that they're always improving on their technology. Like we're getting a new CBCT, we're getting like uh, every, all, all of our clinic teams are going to have a scanner. It, it's nice that Nova's always trying to get the newest technology. But every Dallas school has something to offer. It just it it's a, it depends on where you want to end up, essentially. Like I can I can only talk about Nova's experience. That's where I go to. Everyone had a different experience at their Dallas school, so it depends on what you're looking for. And if you want to travel up north, if you want to stay up north, or if you want to come down to sunny, can't talk today. Sorry, sunny South Florida. Great. It just depends on what school fits your needs and your wants, basically. Yeah, I don't really know how other dental schools operate, but I believe like one unique thing about Nova is they do a pretty good job your first year of exposing you to dentistry, like, you know, in SimLab. Um, I believe it's like the end of sometime in your first semester, you're picking up a handpiece and starting to drill. Um, they get you in the clinic, you're shadowing and uh, getting exposed to the clinic pretty early on. You're doing cleanings on each other, uh, hygiene and stuff like that. So I think they do a pretty good job at um, taking away, cause you're gonna be doing a lot of didactic courses your first year, but they still do a good job of sitting in the clinical side of dentistry your first year. Um, so I think that's a pretty good, big deal for me for how unique Nova is. But like I said, I'm not sure how other dental schools um, work their first year. I think my favorite part about Nova um, and something that drew me to wanting to go here is the community it's like everyone's like super personable everyone wants to help each other out it's like one big family uh i mean there's always going to be a little competition but nothing that is like deterring you from doing well in your classes and i don't know everyone's really supportive and even the faculty is super approachable and super sweet yeah so i was going to answer the question in the chat how long is the school year D1 year is August to May, so it's just the fall and spring semester. And then D2, D3 year, it's the whole summer, so May and then to the next May. D3 year is May to the next May, and then D4 year is May until the next May. That makes sense. Um, it's what Roy said. For me, what makes Nova unique is also, like what Goldar said, uh, it literally feels like a family, and I feel like that's so cliche and everybody says that about Nova. But as a D1, I felt super comfortable talking to D4s and asking D4s for help. And I feel like when you're going through a time of a ton of transition and a lot of stress and just like a really big lifestyle change, it's intimidating to talk to older people and ask for help. But I always felt super, super comfortable asking for help. Um, and you're definitely going to need help because it's a huge transition. But that's one thing about Nova that I really loved. And also um, what Riley said, you start in the clinic, your D1 year assisting and shadowing. And then the two year you're doing cleanings and oral exams, uh, oral cancer screenings on patients. So I really like that you get really early clinical um, exposure at Nova. And also the weather's really nice. And I'm from Miami, so you're like 10 minutes away from Fort Lauderdale, 40 minutes away from Miami. Like, it's amazing. I think some people were asking about manual dexterity. So is there a way you can highlight that in your application and... What activities can you do to highlight that or to improve upon that before starting dental school? 
I'll answer. Okay. I think Johnny, you're good at this. Okay. I'll answer this one um, because this was something big in my interview that Dr. Galka still talks about to the applicants who are coming through. Um, I talked about shaping surfboards, which was kind of different than I think what she expected or what you would consider to be like an aspect of manual dexterity. Um, but it's something that I love and I still think about it all the time. Like now that I've been through over two years of dental school, I would shape a way better surfboard. Um, but I think if you're doing something that doesn't feel like it's something that's naturally interesting to you, it's probably not worth it. And you can turn your interests into something that can be considered practicing manual dexterity pretty, pretty easily. I agree with Johnny. I also, so that summer before dental school, I honestly tried to do everything to practice my manual dexterity. I remember I bought on Amazon the little, little suture kit and I tried learning how to do that through YouTube. I just tried a bunch of different things. I naturally always played lacrosse. I naturally played video games and played piano, but I personally think that nothing will compare to holding a drill and how that feels. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the very specific way when you guys learn of holding a drill and drilling into a patient's mouth and using instruments for cleaning, nothing could really compare to that. Um, so, yeah, that's my opinion. I agree with Salma. Uh, there's, I feel like nothing you can do to prepare for holding a drill for the first time. It's challenging, but I think something that I really value about Norba is that from the beginning, from literally the first day of D1 year, you're in the sim lab doing wax ups and then from there working on teeth and they can really get you in the sim lab early. You're getting a lot of hands-on skills. And I think one of the questions earlier was asking if we felt like we were prepared going into clinic. I personally can't speak on that yet, but our D3s and D4s can say if they feel prepared. But so far, I feel like we're getting a lot of experience. What was great entering, so I was the COVID year in 2020, my first year of school. So all our courses were online, but we did have our sim lab sessions in person. And instead of having them every day, we only had them like once or twice a week. So going to D2, we... We would have, like, it was very, a weird transition, but what a lot of us did was we had a, a motor at home where we had to use our hand pieces at home. So if I, if I had a break from studying, I would just practice at home. It, it, when we went out of COVID, we, I was always in sim lab. It, at the end of the day, no one can really prepare you well enough and you have to prepare yourself. Once they learn, once you get taught the basic skills, it's up to you to really put the time in, put the work in. Um, when I started clinic, I felt really prepared just because in my head, I knew what I had to do. I put the time in sim lab. I, but then again, no one's, no one overnight is born a dentist. Like when you get your first patient in the chair, you're going to be like, oh shit, sorry, don't make the curse. But you get what I'm saying? Like no one overnight is a dentist. Everyone's going to, it's like, everyone's going to make a mistake. It's what you learn from your mistakes that make you a better provider. Um, I do think Nova pairs you well in a sense of your hand skills, your oral med knowledge. Um, basically, just I felt very prepared going into clinic, and I still feel prepared as a D4. I do a lot of mission trips of Nova. 
we just got back from Puerto Rico and I like, I don't speak Spanish. And I, so we had a translator just based on what the translation was, I was able to like, okay, I, I can see what's going on. Like no one prepares you in that sense. Like, okay, I see what medications you're taking. I see what you're saying to like, what the communication barrier, but what the translator was saying to me, okay, let's see what I can, what I can do for you. So I do feel like Nova does prepare you well in that sense. Yeah, I completely agree. From the perspective of somebody who started clinic, what, like three or four weeks ago, um, I would say that like hand skills and knowledge that we've learned in all of our classes, um, you know, like the didactic side of dentistry, I feel completely prepared. That's the least of my worries. It's more just learning how to deal with people um, how to schedule patients the way that the um, clinic operates. Those are the things that you have to worry about when you get into clinic, not the stuff that you were supposed to learn in the past two years. So I've, I've felt incredibly prepared. There is a question about asking what Nova focuses on most. So I, I don't know if you meant in terms of your initial application or your interview, but I'll speak on the interview portion. So after the, you know you get your um, offer to get an interview, then when you're in that meeting, it's very one-on-one, -on -one, very personal. It's just like a conversation. They just want to see if you, you know, are the same person that you talked about in your application, and that you can like socialize. And it's just very conversational, very chill, and not intimidating at all. I'm not gonna lie, Nova's interview is the most chillest interview you'll ever experience. Like it's, I went in there like totally like oblivious to what's going on. And, but the questions that I was asked in my interview were, because on my resume, I put them on graphic design artists and I lead outreaches, I organize mission trips. Lauren and behold, as soon as our guest, well, guess who's doing all the merchandise designs, who's planning all the mission trips. So. I did follow up on all the things I said in my interview and they held me to it. So just say like, whenever you say your interview, hold it true. Like it, it, that's the best thing. Be, be who you are, be true to yourself. Like, and you can never go wrong with that. And yeah, I'm mean, used to other questions that you got here. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, I had song. No, no, you go ahead. All right. So I don't think, in my personally in my interview they didn't ask me anything like out of the ordinary tricky trying to catch me off guard it was literally a conversation we sat down and we just talked about my interests and then she asked me a couple questions about my application like i did some research in undergrad she was just asking me some some questions about that but like nothing that's going to throw you off um just know your application as best as possible and you should be good. I mean, I don't think they're going to, they're not there to trick you or anything. They just want to see who you are as a person, honestly. And what more thing on Pat Salma. Sorry. There you go. One more thing on the um, interview is if you go into it knowing what you want to talk about, um, I think that's really beneficial, especially at Nova. They more sit back and let you talk about whatever you want to talk about so if you can fill up that time um and give them a good idea of what kind of a person you are 
then they're going to be less likely to um, start asking you questions that maybe are something that you're not as confident about or something that you don't want to answer. So it, it kind of goes along with what Riley said with knowing your application. Know your strengths, highlight those things, and then talk about yourself as a person. Things that they can't read on the paper. One of the questions I was asked during the interview, and I totally blanked and I wish I didn't, was there's Dr. Galka. She asked me, do you have any questions for me? Looking back, if I could tell my pre-dental student self, this is the question I would ask any during an interview. How is your patient cool for your students? Like, do we have, am I going to have to find my own patients? Am I going to always have a chair? Like questions like that are very, like, I would just, I, I asked those questions because you never know without school, like, oh, do they give us the patients or do we have to actively look for the patients? Like, I see like all these questions, like, oh, how did they ask you? But one of the things I wish I knew is what can I ask them? Because remember, you want to go to their school and they want you as a student, but you got to realize like, if you get accepted to multiple schools, you want to be like, why do I want to go to your school? Or if this is the only school you're getting accepted, like, is this really the school I want to go to? And I'm going to put a lot of money to this school. Do I really want to go to this? Do I really want to jump into this much debt? Like, what am I getting into? Kind of thing. I want to, you know, thank all of our NSU uh, e-board members for coming on and answering all these questions. You guys did an absolutely phenomenal job um, and just banged out so many important topics. Um, so thank you guys so much for everything you've done. The goal, of, you know, what we want to do here is we are going to be uh, launching the Predent Mentor Map. Um, it's something coming out hopefully soon, which is going to be a free service for pre-dental students to ask questions, just like you guys did today, of willing dental mentors like our you know wonderful e-board here about school-specific questions. Um, so you guys can sign up when you know we launch this hopefully soon. If anybody has any questions, I can see some of the e-boards throwing their uh, you know, their, their contact information in there. If you guys are comfortable with that, please do so you can continue the conversation. Uh, but thank you so much. Keep an eye on Students of Dentistry. We're going to be launching that map soon. So all these questions, not just about Nova, but all the schools can be answered hopefully soon. So thank you guys so much for coming. We really appreciate it. Hopefully the next one can be longer than 40 minutes because this was really important stuff. Thanks for having us. Good luck, everyone.